Welcome to Maximum Octane and your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution in the automotive industry. I'm your host, Kim Hickey, former shop owner turned industry educator, speaker, and entrepreneurial motivator. Each week during our ride together, you will hear unfiltered stories of inspiration and transformation shared by successful business owners and CEOs. Their experiences will motivate you to do things you never thought possible, encourage you to reach your full potential, and help you to exchange unproductive habits for productive ones. While many of my guests will be related to the automotive industry, it's crucial in the world of tomorrow that we stop being silos and we open our minds to ideas and inspiration from other industries as well. We also know that to be truly successful in business, you must have a healthy work and home life balance. All of my guests are handpicked with these crucial elements in mind. Our industry is evolving by the second and we need to as well. Buckle up, because here we go. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to this week's episode of Maximum Octane. I am super excited, as I always tell you, because I get to pick who I talk to, and this is the one place that nobody can tell me what to do, because this is my thing. And so that's all there is. I can't, you all know me. So you know how I am. So I kind of have some props with me because joining me today is Mr. Ron Saharian from Profit First Professionals. And we're going to talk about his background in a second here, but I wanted you to feel at home. And I know you and Mike are all about like costumes and the stuff. So I have my tambourine. So when you say something good, but mine lights up. So I want you to tell Mike that, you know, your tambourine doesn't light up and um, also tell Mike his hats are not as cool as mine. So that's that's right there. Well, Uh you don't have a Jedi sword lying around, do you? I don't. But I do have a magical light up stick that I can't grab right now. But I've got a little bit of envy. Wait, wait. (laughs) Hold on. Let's see if we're doing swords. Let me see here. Okay, so mine's smaller. Mine's smaller and it lights up. And I have a selenite sword. Ooh, that's cool. That's that's pretty cool. All right. So this goes at home. Do that goes that goes together? Do you feel at home now with all the props and the craziness and all? I'm always, at, I'm always at home talking to you. I mean, Jersey's <laughs> Jersey. What can we say? Yeah, 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 it is. And then we can have that whole Taylor Ham versus pork roll conversation. You posted the, that was funny <laughs> on my Facebook page. So you have a very interesting career. And I, I want to just give a little bit of background and then I'm going to ask you questions about it. But you are actually the co-founder of Profit First Professionals. Yep. And and you started that in 2014 in a basement? Mike's basement. Mike's basement. Okay. And so you are responsible for the implementation, right? And certification of the Profit First system to hundreds of accounting and bookkeeping and coaching firms. And you're global, like you're worldwide now. Yep. We're, um, I'm, my role is responsible for ensuring that our, our staff, our members have every tool available, every opportunity to be the best firm they can be. You know, I'm responsible for our global expansion. We're in 30 different countries. I just opened up Profit First UK on March 1st. And so our expansion is to have a replication of what we're doing here in America in every country in the world, because Profit First is not accounting. 
It's not bookkeeping. It's a cash flow system works in any country, any currency, any domain of any sized company out there. That, you know, that, you know, processes and all of that and a duplicatable model makes my heart sing. So I, uh, <laughs> scalable, and, and repeatable. You have also books that accompany, right? Each of the different industries because to really help people dial in, because even though it's a universal system, there right. are little things that are for certain industries that people are helping each other with. Hey, if you're in this industry, Here's an account you should suggest and so on and so forth. So how many of those books are there out there now? So right now there's about 12 book derivatives, we call them, that our members are writing. And so the mem- we believe in niche specialization as well. So the members that actually really succeed and they feel as though they have a profit first book in them, the opportunity, profit first for e-commerce, dentists, minority owned enterprises, real estate. And so on and on and on. And the beauty of this is because while Profit First is conceptually simple, the devils are in the details. Then the nuances, like ATI, right? We've customized the whole you know, curriculum for the auto repair industry for you guys. Absolutely. And we appreciate that very, very much. So I have to tell a couple little secrets about you. Well, maybe not secrets, but some fun facts. So okay. You are an all-conference lacrosse player? Yeah, and all-state. And all-state. Wow. Yeah, back when uh, Jersey was just one state, they didn't have all these different <laughs> things. Yeah. Yeah, it used to be. It used to be just one, one place, right? Now it's central and north and south and this and that yeah. and all of that. And then the dean's list. I know you're crazy smart, but somehow I just don't ever picture you sitting in class and paying attention and not telling the teacher what to do. Right. Um, well, so here, here, here's, an, here's another insider access. I'm classified as dyslexic. And so, you know, I've been held back. Um, I've been put into small classes. Um, I've had teachers look at me differently and treat me differently than other kids. But it was the grind and the grit and wanting to prove that I can handle this stuff. I know you can't tell me I can't do that. No, I'm going to do that. And my mom was a huge advocate for me and my brother. And so, you know, it's the mindset of always, you can do this if you put your mind to it. And so it took me a lot of years. But finally, by the time I was a junior, sophomore in uh, college, I was doing Dean's List. Wow. Good for you. And it yeah. is so challenging with school, with when there's people with dyslexia and other things that the teachers just sort of get pigeonholed and put in there. And so... I just love that you didn't let anybody define who you are and that helped make you so successful today, which I want to get into some profit first in a second here, but there's a couple other little things. You were an investigator for the public defender's office in DC. Yeah. Felony once murder, rapes, arsons. So that was a phenomenal opportunity. It was a scary opportunity. I learned so much there. But um, it's not something that I wanted to do as a career, if you will. But yeah, I was uh, down there when um, the mayor was smoking crack and I was investigating uh, felony ones. Just such a wonderful, what a, what a time to be alive, right? Where you, I remember yeah. Chris Rock did this joke and, and one time and he's like, you know, 
You can't even give anybody an example anymore. You can't say, don't do crack. You'll amount to nothing to your kids because you could do crack and be the mayor. He had this whole <laughs> thing about it. And I, I Just crazy. I, I just, just crazy. So, wow, that's, I mean, and then staffing, that's kind of your specialty as well, too. You were on the board of the Staffing Alliance for New Jersey? Yep. After the um, the investigators role, I came back up here to New Jersey, got a job in the staffing industry, was working for a, um, I think it was a $6 billion company at the time, was in the staffing world for about 15 years prior to doing this. And uh, at one point, I was on the board of directors for the, the Staffing Association of New Jersey. Just crazy, crazy. Okay, so Obi-Ron, mm-hmm. which you're known as. You want to tell everybody why? Why do they call you Obi-Ron? <laughs> so that that nickname was given to me around 2014 when I was uh, working with some of our members. And um, one of them, I was helping them with sales. I was helping them with positioning. I was helping them with mindset. Really, you know, so she's, and she's, oh my God, you're Obi-Ron Kenobi, right? <laughs> and so, you know, she started calling me that and then it just stuck and stuck and stuck. Fantastic. And and you are a big sports memorabilia collector. Yeah. Well, at least everybody knows what to get you for the holidays, right? Sometimes for people, you don't know what to get them. There's always something. something I don't want anything for the holidays. You know, (laughs) that's the thing. If I want it, I'm going to buy it. That's why you open up an account. (laughs) So profit first, help guide all that stuff on the wall. So so how do you go from... I mean, you know, working on felony cases, the staffing alliance board, the corporate world, and then some guy comes and tells you, why don't you quit your job and all of your security that you have for your family and yourself? And dude, come hang out in my basement. Yeah. So (laughs) (laughs) Mike and I go way back. We actually uh, grew up together. So we were at the same uh, middle school. We went to the same high school. We sat at the same lunch table. We played on the same lacrosse team. And so Mike and I have always been friends. Then uh, during college, we still remained friends. We would see each other. Mike went the entrepreneur route. I went the corporate route. Uh, Mike and I still saw each other all the time. And each time he would be like, hey, I want to start a company. Hey, let's start a company. Hey, let's start a company. And I was always like, no, no, it's not my cup of tea. But he was doing well. He was doing really well. And then one time, basically in 2014, I took a a staffing firm till it's all-time high in revenue, consultants on the street, and margin, niche specialization, media and entertainment companies were providing high-end staffing to. Then they told me we were done scaling. And what happened before that, four years before that, my daughter was born. So I sacrificed that first four years going into Manhattan every single day. And yeah. Uh, from from Putin. And so while I was doing great in that world, the corporate world, nice suits, working on, you know, everything it was great, making good money, but coming home angry, coming home frustrated. I started to see my life and with relationships with my wife and my daughter distancing, but the money was good. But when they said that, I was like, we're done scaling. Oh no, I go, you don't hire a guy like me for that to stop. And so I put out a feelers. Mike said, Hey, you're not going to believe what's going on. I said, okay, what do you got? Read my manuscript. It's called profit first. I read it. I was like, holy cow, I do this. What do you mean you do this? This is how my mother taught me and my brother to budget our money. 
that's why I was always the kid in high school and college that always had money to do stuff because it was the envelope budgeting methodology. I actually taught that in college to my lacrosse teammates. And so he's like, wow, tell me more about it. And so we started talking over a bottle of wine with our wives and everything. Next minute I know I'm in the basement of his house doing a startup. Scariest thing in the world. I, oh, I bet. And to leave the security of what you know, that, that unknown is always. And, yeah. you know, Mike has, Mike Michalowicz has been very vocal about businesses he started and failed and what he's learned. And that's part of where the profit first cash system came from of understanding your spending and, and saving in your accounts and all of that. So that had to put some added stuff on knowing that there, there were some businesses prior that Mike did not succeed in or that. That's actually why I joined. That's why I partnered with him, right? Because, you know, in the book, he was a jerk. Uh, he wasn't a jerk to me, but I could see his persona and stuff. He was arrogant things. And, uh, you know, I'd have no problem popping anybody's bubble. Um, but to see him fall, admit, rebound, and I have the opportunity to work with a great guy who we have core values that are lockstep and an opportunity to grow something, I felt like it was a missing piece. I said, you know what? Yeah, let's do it because I know he was serious. I know that, you know what? This is this was really bad and he's never going to let that happen again. That's wonderful. Just wonderful. What And his story is just so amazing. And he's got such a great sense of humor like you do in his books and, and all of that too. Well, the, the thing is, Kim, so here, here's what I want to really share about my journey versus Mike's journey. You know, you know, so I never wanted to be an entrepreneur, but I did want to be a business owner. And there's a big difference. Mike is an entrepreneur. I'm a business owner. Right. And so, you know, this was a, a really good opportunity. But I, I am so fortunate and blessed that I didn't have to experience the entrepreneurial struggles that some of our listeners are facing and have faced. Because we took the profit first methodology and we implemented it on day one. We started with the percentages in the book, right? All I had to do was figure out how to get customers. We got customers, the original eight. We started paying ourselves the percentages in the book. And I didn't have to worry about how am I going to pay myself? How am I going to, if we're going to be profitable, how are we going to be profitable? How am I going to have money for taxes if I am profitable? Right. All my the 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 relief of not knowing that I had a system in place that was going to be followed, that my focus on client acquisition, content creation, education and training, that was all I was focused on. And so, yeah, that first paycheck, that first quarterly profit distribution. <laughs> hey, but how many startups in this world? are actually having a quarterly profit distribution within their first six months. I love that you just shared about that because with anything, you know, as coaching businesses, just in general, mm -hmm. it's a limiting belief that I can't implement that process or I can't do this because we're a startup or because we're new or because I don't have a cash reserve right now. And they don't ever get to the point of, having that cash reserve or other things because their limiting beliefs keep them from doing it. And as you talked, just mentioned, and it, you know, it's in the book about just from day one, you know, you have to start it. You have to start that process. And then 
it doesn't matter, you know, if, Hey, it's, if it's a hundred dollars that you made that quarter, it's a hundred dollars you wouldn't have made if you didn't implement the system. Right. And a way to track it and do, and you have to start somewhere. And people just have that idea that if they can't do this big, huge thing all at once, they're afraid to start it. So here's the thing. It doesn't matter where you are. It doesn't matter what your financials are. The fact of the matter is once you understand the system, you can take your first step forward. Sure, you're not going to be able to implement the percentages in the book. No way. But you can implement the framework. You could do 1%, right? You could start to build that profit first muscle memory and get there on a pathway. Absolutely. One of of the things that I love too is how accountable it makes you for your spending and also tracking what's coming in, right? And I think debit cards, and you and I might've had this conversation before, Debit cards, I don't think serve anyone very well for most people because they they swipe the card, they swipe the card, they swipe, and same thing with credit cards, but people aren't balancing their checkbooks the way they used to and doing budgets the way they used to because everything's right there. And they use the dang bank balance. You know, they log in on their phone. They're like, oh, I have a thousand dollars or $500. And they're not looking at, well, I have these other outstanding things or I have $500 today, but tomorrow my car payment's coming out for $800. And so they, they're they not careful about what they're spending because they don't see where those things have to go. So can you share a little bit about the accounts and why yeah. the importance of that? So, yeah, one of the, well, first off with debit cards, every debit card should have a preset spending limit, right? And then, you know, especially in a business, we have, we, we cap ours. Uh, everybody has the opportunity to spend up to $100 without permission. But here's the thing. They have to call our bookkeeper to see if there's enough money on that card. If there's not, they can't do it. And so with Profit First, Profit First is the envelope budgeting methodology for businesses, if you will. And so there's a couple of key bank accounts. It's all bank accounts related. We're not it's 21st century. We don't need envelopes. We use bank accounts. And so the, there's five fundamental bank accounts. The first one is the income account. That's where money, it's a holding account. The second one is a profit account. The third one is an owner's pay account. The fourth one's a tax account. The fifth one is an OPEX. And so what we're doing is those are the most important things in a business, paying yourself first, having profit and having money for Uncle Sam. Without those, you're not going to really be sustainable. So what we've done is we studied thousands of businesses and determined what is the ideal percentage of money that we allocate into those specific accounts. And so as money comes on in twice a month, okay, we want to get the ebbs and the flows of the cash flow. Most people don't have an understanding or true clarity on the ebbs and flows of the cash flow. We're going to take that predetermined percentage of revenue and allocate it into the bucket. It goes, all, all money goes into the income account. Then on the 10th and the 25th, We take that predetermined money, we log into the bank account, and we allocate it, and we move that predetermined percentage into it. The only thing we can do with that money in those buckets is what the name says. And so, say for an example, we're putting in uh, 1% profit, 1% owner's pay, 1% tax, 97% is in OPEX. That's the money that you have to run the business. And as that grows and you get better at it, those percentages that benefit, well, those accounts that truly benefit the business owner, the profit, pay, tax, we're going to look to swing that percentage because we're working with 100%. 
And so if it's 90 something percent in OPEX, that's horrible. And so what we have to do is work strategically to get more of that percentage into owner's pay, into profit, into tax. And by having bank accounts with specific purposes, you're using each bank account for its intended purpose. So you just had your largest global event. We have a global event. And how we manage our global event is by having a bank account. And so all the money that we collect from sponsors for ticket sales goes into that bank account. It's called ProfitCon. And when we have to buy stuff, hire speakers, do this, do that, that's the only place we draw money out of. If we let all that sponsorship money and all those ticket sales go into the OPEX, we might look at that OPEX and be like, man, that's flush. That's got a lot of money. <laughs> we see that all the time, right? Because we're in the the world of instant gratification. And if you have that money today sitting somewhere in just a general account, people tend to spend it and not think about how will this affect my business going long term? So, you know, you, you mentioned about that's the system that you grew up with, right? With, with your mom and your brothers. And that was really important to growing up in your childhood, right? And your mom made sure that she instilled that into both of you, but there was a reason that she did that. You want to talk about that a little bit? Sure. So, so I'm not sure exactly what, what that's getting at, but one of the things is that my family was doing really, really well in the eighties and then the market fell out and we were eating welfare cheese, and it sucked. And I never wanted that to happen to my family. And so while my mom was great at instilling this into her kids, dad, uh-uh, you know, he, he, he'd sell something, come home, throw money all over the place, you know, and then 10 years of unemployment for him when we were in, you know, probably fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth grade, it was horrible, horrible. And so I've conditioned myself with the help of my mom. One, I have a chip on my shoulder. You can't tell me I can't do that. I'm going to prove you wrong. Two, I'm never going to be in that financial situation that I was in as a kid. And so by having that focus, by having this clarity today, I've been able to really live a, a, a good life. I mean, paying off our mortgage, debt-free, all of that stuff, uh, opening up 529s for my daughter, my, opening up different things for that. When you have money available, there's so much stuff you can do. Insurance, be your own banker. And Profit First Professionals is the entity that's allowing us to live the lifestyle that we want. And so that's why we're so passionate about sharing it, because maybe if my dad had a proper system at home, that would work. Maybe if the businesses that he was trying to work for weren't failing, maybe he would have had a job for a lot longer, right? Maybe things would have been different. And so we're doing this because one, we need to make sure that business, small businesses survive. If a small business owner can pay themselves first, have money for Uncle Sam, have money as a profit, even if that profit is 3, 3.5%, they can pay down debt, they can celebrate the health of the company, or they can hire. When they can hire, people have jobs. Maybe my dad had a job back then, if this was the world. Well, people don't know what they don't know, right? And that's no. why I love that. No, but here's the thing, Kim. My mom was telling my dad. <laughs> right? and, 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 and so here's this is what frustrates me, Okay. 
I'm not the brightest bulb. I have to work hard. I don't know everything, but if I can do it, anybody can do it. I was visiting my buddy that owns a, um, a comic book store. Okay. Struggling, working tons of hours, tons of this, tons of everything. And I'm like, Hey dude, here, I drove over, gave him a copy of profit first. He thought, oh, this is interesting. I'm not, I don't have time to read it. Oh, oh. I'm like, what, <laughs> what, what, here, here, listen, look, you see my, you see what I'm doing. This is what I do for a living. I'm teaching this stuff. And so when people have the knowledge to fix a problem that they have and they choose not to, I get batty over that. And then, you know what? Fine. I'm done. I can't want it more for you than you want it for yourself. But if you want it, I'll help you. Just like your coaches. Your coaches aren't just showing people what to do. They're getting in the quickstand and showing them how to get out of it. Right? Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. And, and, and so your coaches probably feel as frustrated as well. If, you know, what they're teaching isn't being necessarily enacted. And that's the key. Right? You don't necessarily have to agree with what we're saying, but if what you're doing hasn't been working, give it a try, give it a try. And if you don't try, it's bad. That, that is such a challenge as a coach of you wanting their success and you wanting their future to be bright more than, than they do. And it's, uh, it is definitely a big challenge, which we could spend hours on. <laughs> Listen, there's, you know, I love cars. If I wasn't doing this, I'd be running a, um, an auto restoration place. No doubt about it. Right. And so, you know, if some of these mechanics and auto shops been around for 10, 20 years and they're, they're existing and thank God they're existing, but they're not living the life. They're not living the life. And, and many of them, you know, we've seen with the pandemic and all has gone out of business and, you know, many are in business because of, coaching. And also, you know, I've shared with you and Mike before how many people were like, thank goodness that you exposed us to the profit first system, because we would not be open right now without it, without that, those specified accounts and, you know, the savings and all of that to weather the storm that they were prepared. And, you know, it took a toll on everybody, but obviously some people much worse. So, one of the things before we go, because I can't even believe you, I can chat with you for hours for sure, is reading the book is one thing, right? It's a great book and everybody needs to get the book if you have not read it yet. And there'll, there'll be links for it in the comments. But there's also a difference between reading the book and then actually working with a profit first professional. So I, I just wanted to make sure that oh. we covered that a little bit because I, I, you know, I know some people will be like, oh, I got the book. I, you know. Yeah, I can read a book on, <laughs> on replacing a transmission. I can read a book on, you know, retrofitting an engine. I could read a book on how to bleed brakes. Does that make me as good as somebody that's doing it? That, that, that's, that's just general knowledge, right? But what a certified profit first professional is doing is they're doing it on a regular basis. That book is the tip of the iceberg. What certified coaches are, they understand below the waterline. They're able to architect the bank accounts and the cash flow to not only eliminate the pains, but achieve the wants. Do you want to have a greater EBITDA? Do you want to have another location? Right? Let's work and figure this stuff out. Wonderful. I'm, I'm glad that you could sum it up so quickly. It would have taken me probably 15 minutes to say what you said in, in 30 seconds. So it, it's, it's a fabulous book. It is a game changer 
for sure. I highly recommend everyone to do it. We believe in it so much. All of our coaches are certified and went through the program and are getting updated training and some other exciting things coming down the line. But you, you have to learn to control your spending and, and pay attention. And there's so many times that when we're working with members and we're going through their PL and trying to help them in the beginning that we'll ask what's in this account. What is that? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. How do you not know this is your business? And that is probably my favorite thing. I mean, I love the distributions and people building wealth and all of that, but that it, it makes people put a magnifying glass on their financial situation. Clarity. Absolutely. And, and, and so that that's the, again, my favorite, I think favorite part out of all of this in this system. And you know, I forgot who said it or what person, but you know, you can either tell your money where to go or you can ask where it went. Right. I mean, it, it's that simple. There's it's that simple. And having a system like this really helps you tell it where to go in detail. Yeah. So the, here's the big beauty. Financials are what happened. Forecast is what you hope happened. Profit first resides in the middle of it to ensure, and I'll give you a heads up if this isn't working, but also give you heads up before you get those financials. Um, before we go, I do have a, a gift for your listeners. I have 10 profit first books uh, for your listeners. Yes. So all you have to do is reach out to Kim and say, hey, I'd love one of those profit first books. Kim will tell me and I'll go ahead and gift you a copy of profit first. I love it. Here's mine right here. I keep it on my desk all the time because I'm always referring to it. And I and the system, the beauty also of it is you can apply it to your home, you know, home finances. And so yeah, vacation account, travel account, capital repair account. Right. It there's it this fits. So last high horse in America, we have regional disasters every year. California's burning. New Jersey's gonna get hit with northeasters and uh you know blizzards. The Gulf Coast is getting crushed by hurricanes and the Midwest is flooding. This is going to happen and it's gonna happen worse. Okay, so implement this now just because there's a pandemic. Right. Yeah. Pandemic that brought a lot of attention to the lack of fiscal responsibility and clarity. But the pandemic is slowing down. We're getting back to normal. This is still the time to implement this stuff because something will happen. It it always does. I mean, history repeats itself with, you know, inflation and the ebbs and flows of the economy and all of that. And a pandemic, a storm or anything else is not an excuse to be irresponsible fiscally. And, you know, we see that a lot too, unfortunately, that doesn't, doesn't mean, and there's always, there's always ways to become more responsible fiscally for sure. So thank you so much for joining me today. And uh, hopefully you will be back on soon. So I I always enjoy chatting with you. And so I'll, I'll do your... I know you guys kind of do that ringing. So now tell Mike, make sure you tell, you tell people that you need a blinking. I know you can't probably tell because the lights. I can see it. That's pretty cool. You need a blinking tambourine for your lights. So there's that. And thank you for the gift. So my link for email me is in the comments as well. All of Ron's information, Profit First Professionals and the books and all of that. So thank you so much. And I will see everybody next week. Bye-bye. Thank you guys. Thanks, Kim. 
Thank you for listening to this episode of Maximum Optane, your ride to the entrepreneur's evolution. If you enjoyed what you heard today, please share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, subscribe, rate, and review the show on your favorite podcast player. If you have any questions, comments, topic ideas, or you just want to be a guest on my show, I want to hear from you. You can reach me directly at mlpodcast at autotraining.net. Thanks for listening and keep seeking information everywhere that you can.